and welcome to another edition of the Stoutcast with your beer-guzzling connoisseurs. Today, Bob Moffitt along with Robert Gautier, and we are at 1850 in Mariposa, California with Jake Wackerman. Jake, tell me a little bit about your establishment, how long you've been here, and specifically, what kind of stout do you serve? We've been brewing beer now for two years, two seasons, two summers. Uh, the restaurant is five years old now. I've homebrewed for on and off uh, about six years before we brewed commercially. And uh, now the, the brewery is going strong. We're keeping up with the restaurant. When we walked in today, pulled out the milk stouts that we're going to be trying today. In addition to the stout that you're brewing, we're going to save that one. We're going to save the best for last. And we pulled out the Firestone. And the Firestone, you looked at kind of googly-eyed and said, God, I wonder how they do that. Yeah, I, I have no idea what is going on with this beer because um, nitrogen does not dissolve into, uh, into liquid the way that CO2 does. So the way you get bubbles in beers uh, through carbonation, um, a couple different ways you can do that. Uh, you can do it in a, in a bottle with an added sugar at the end of fermentation. The yeast will then eat that sugar, carbonate the beer in the bottle. Uh, you can force carbonate with CO2 going directly onto the usually in a bright tank, and uh, add CO2 there. And then you do nitrogen through the uh, line and pouring of the beer, usually. So when it's in the can without a, uh, what is it called, a widget, uh, which is usually what puts the nitrogen in, I have no idea how they're actually putting the nitrogen in the can. As you pour it, it goes into the beer. It's some wizardry that I don't get. (laughs) It's a mystery of science, and we're going to find out the important thing how to taste. So let's bring over the glasses, and then we'll we'll do the the in, the invert three times, and then we'll see how this works when we're doing three samples. So we're going to need three glasses. Okay. Yeah, and surge pour, so you just dump it. It's going to make a mess. It doesn't. And that's what's crazy. No, it's that's stout. why I don't. Right. Give me the big glass. What's the, the biggest glass? Yeah. Let's do that. All right. That failed. So what's yeah. happening now no. <laughs> is somebody lost control of the can and is now <laughs> stuck in the glass. Dropped it down with the glass. Ah! All right. Um, we have a forker or something. That's all right. All right. How do we get this out of here? We may just have to drink our way down to the bottom. <laughs> See if we can pull it out with the knife. Sure, work. Continue. As I was saying, first time every time. So you get the the nice effect of the nitrogen kind of lacing down uh, with the surge pour. And once again, so there's no widget in there. I don't know how this has happened. I don't know if they just put a ton of nitrogen into the can right before they seal it. Um, it I, I don't get it. I don't know how they do it. I'm sure. They, I mean, these are these guys are they're Firestone, so uh, they know what they're doing, and they make a heck of a beer. And I am making a heck of a mess, but that's okay. All right. While you two gentlemen sample, I will describe the can. A three-tone white, gray, and black with the Firestone logo on the front. Nitro Merlin is what it's actually called, milk stout. 
that has a steer head on it, which is reminiscent of the Zion Pioneers Baseball Club. And for those of you who don't know who the Zion Pioneers Baseball Club is, don't worry about it. But I called baseball games for them about 20 years ago. That was the same logo they had. Really? And right here on the side, which is very helpful, it has the directions on how to how to open the can and how to pour it and what's in it. So uh, we're looking at 5.5% alcohol by volume, 12 fluid ounce can. It doesn't taste super boozy, you know, it doesn't have that really uh, harsh alcohol. It's very, very smooth, um, which is obviously the 5.5 on it. It's not huge, like those big imperial double stouts or anything like that. Okay, that was your first try. Robert, your first try, you already skipped a second. So what's your first and your second? It doesn't really have that thick kind of malty um, taste that I like. It's, it's not as sweet as what I'm used to in a stout. For a milk stout, it's, you're kind of expecting something lighter and something creamier. Here's the thing I like about milk stouts, especially in that in the summertime, people say, oh, I don't, I, I don't drink stouts during the summertime because it's too heavy or it's too boozy or it's too this or it's too that or I don't want all this taste. That's, that's the one thing I really like about milk stouts is that you don't have that problem. Yeah, they, it goes great with, uh, I, would, I, would, I would really like a steak right now. That's what I was going to uh, ask. It's like, yeah. what, what, what would you pair this a stout with what's the best guy I guess it would be a red meat wouldn't it yeah like a filet filet mignon smoked. or something yeah yeah there's a little sweetness though and that's from the lactose or the yeah. non-fermenting sugar so it's going to stay in the beer it's not going to yeah. ferment out and dry out so this is not going to go good with like hot dogs and bologna sandwiches yeah. we, 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 <laughs> we don't want a lot of condiments with this beer yeah overall uh as far as giving it a grade exceptional very good good fair um wouldn't serve it to your dog I think it's very good. I, I like that beer a lot. And you? I, I guess, uh, you know, on a scale from 1 to 10, I, I would give it a, about a 7, yeah. It's, it's good. I don't find it excellent, but yeah, I think it's, it's a good beer. That, that, and that's the thing about Milk Stouts is that they are sort of purposely smooth and creamy and maybe not overpowering in taste, and so they kind of get a bad rap for not having a lot to them, but that's also kind of the point. And so... When, for me, I kind of judge a beer by what are you promising and then what did you deliver? Mm. And I think for a milk stout, I think this definitely delivers. I don't think it's the best thing I've ever had. I'd have to say it's, I'd have to say it's good to very good. We wouldn't mind having another one. And to your point about it not being so sweet, I think that's an accurate assessment in that it's not even as sweet Here, as- Here, let me try it again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I really hate this beer. Let me have the fourth, yeah. It's not as sweet as some other stouts, that's, that, but it's... That's actually pretty nice, too. I'm just, what I mentioned earlier is it's just not what I'm used to. Uh, um, so this is a new experience for me. But it is very nice that it's not that sweet, because I really don't think a beer should be full of sugar. Mm. And that's why we brought Robert along today, it's because he is not an expert in milk stouts, and we want to see that's, what yes. someone has to say about a beer that they've never they've never tried before. So we're going to set that over there. Let's go onward and maybe upward. Let's try the Will to Live Milk Stout with lactose and vanilla beans. Now, if you've followed the Stoutcast for any length of time, you know I'm not crazy about vanilla. But there are some beers that have vanilla adjuncts to them that are beneficial. So we'll see if this is one of them. 
Okay, so your your first thoughts. Definitely sweeter than the the uh, nitro Merlin, but then yeah, fin but it finishes dry. It's just that first kind of right on the on the mouth is definitely a lot of a lot of sweetness coming to the to the mouth. Uh, the first sensations I'm getting are like more of a bitter sensation. I'm not really getting the sweetness, and I wonder. I wonder why. I wonder if it's the vanilla bean. Your first thoughts? Uh, yeah, it's 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 sweeter. It has more flavor to it than the last one. I would probably score this a little bit higher. Uh, Try a second sip. Um, yeah, let's let's. What's the ABV on that? Uh, Six point eight percent. Yeah, it tastes hotter. The vanilla beans don't overwhelm this beer mm -hmm. because you normally you get that kind of sweet marshmallowy thing and this is definitely not happening but i'm not sure what is happening any ideas uh the, the roasted malt that that can bring i mean you're roasting a malt is just like roasting coffee they're basically burning it and they're just roasting it for a longer period of time so those dark roasted malts can have some coffee notes on it without even putting coffee into the into the the recipe um so yeah if you're tasting like that roasted that roasted malt flavor is very characteristic to roasted coffee. Yeah, I, and I, I I concur with that. And and because of that, and again, for me, um, when I'm expecting milk stout, I'm expecting smooth and creamy and maybe even a little sweet. And I'm not getting that. I'm getting more of like, what, like an imperial maybe with this? I mean, it's it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't taste to me like I'm I don't feel like I'm drinking a milk. Mm. Yep. But that's me. Yeah. <laughs> you had another sip. What do you think? Uh, you could taste the vanilla bean. That's actually really nice. And I, I'm not a big fan of beers with certain adjuncts in it, you know, like fruit. I never have been. Um, but this is actually really nice. All right. So. I like this more than the last one. Considering what I'm expecting, I've actually got to give it a pour. But. If I'm expecting something else, I just, I just, I don't think, I think it's mislabeled. I don't think what it's producing where, is, is as is advertised. This, where is this from? Who, who's brewing this and where? Murrieta, California. Will to Live, Electric Brewing Company. And um, there's not a lot of available about this brewer online because we looked. And so I have a question for you, the brewer guy. Why, why do they put it in a can? As opposed to, as, yeah, as opposed to putting it in a glass. Cans are um, are definitely stepping up in the craft beverage world, and uh, it's it's most mostly because you gotta the recycling on it is a lot for the environment. Yeah, I I appreciate it. Because um, I'm associating crappy beer in can in a can. Yeah. yeah, no, it's totally going the other way because so the three things that are totally kill beer is uh, oxygen. Light. sunlight and uh, heat mm -hmm. so uh, a can is you know nothing's a perfect vessel other than a, a, a fermenter and then going right into a keg and you have the as long as your keg's clean and all that stuff and you've purged it and done all the things you should have done you have a perfect package a can is still going to have some parts of oxygen you can't remove all of it out of it yeah you can do it more so with a bottle so are the cans lined with anything to kind of act as a preservative or something because I, I don't know if this is true or not but i heard you know for instance oh there is lined with like right. formaldehyde or something like that. Is that true i don't i don't think i heard that from somebody once i think we'll probably not include that in the podcast. okay yeah yeah that's okay 
Well, Robert Gautier, uh, 1453. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. The, the cans don't add any, like, metallic. If, you're, if, you, if you think you're tasting any metal on it or something, it's, it's kind of tricking your brain just uh-huh. because you're holding a can to think that you're, like, tasting aluminum or something because there is no flavor, off flavor you're going to get from it being in the can. That's what it, like that's an old maybe back in the day before the aluminum I, I, was what so it I is. guess they put it in a, in a bottle. It just looks classier that way. That's in, perceived in a glass yeah. bottle. Yeah. Okay. Is it not cheaper to can instead of? I believe bottle? a can's way cheaper than doing a because you got to be buying the cap, the glass. So the... let's describe the can. Um, and, and again, I, I you know, I'm going to give it a grade of a pour just because I, I'm expecting something smooth and creamy from a milk stout. Overall, it's a fine beer. It's a it's a good beer. But for what for this particular type, I'm gonna give it a P O O R, just not a P O U R, just in case you were wondering. The the can, by the way, would be purr. Exactly. Yeah, silver. That, that's a positive thing. If if uh, former President Bush were here, it'd be a purr. Yeah. <laughs> um, the can uh, has somebody's got a sense of humor. There's a it's a milk jug with a uh, bulging eyes and giant teeth, and it's frothing at the mouth. And on the side, it says missing will to live. It is a 16 fluid ounce can, alcohol by volume 6.8 percent. All right. Now, your final grade. Excellent. Very good. Good. Uh, slightly higher than the last one. I, you know, it, I, I would, I like it. I, I would give it a 7.5 to 8 uh, on a scale of 1 to 10. Okay. And you? I, I think it's good to very good as well. Yeah, I put it right. I, definitely not in the same realm of what Firestone did on, on their milk stout. Um, to me, I, I am getting a little bit more lactose in it for some reason. I don't know. And next we have Belching Beaver Brewery, the Beaver's Milk Stout with nitro in it. Now, we know that Belching Beaver is probably more known for their peanut butter stouts, but we're going to go with the Milk Stout because this is Milk Stout Podcast. All right, there you go. There you go. Let me ask you, when you're pouring a stout, do you normally go lots of foam, like from high up, trying to get as many bubbles out there as you can, or do you, you pour it trying to avoid foam? What's your idea? Uh, like the uh, Pope of Foam, Charlie Bamforth says, pour with vigor. That's all beers. Let them go. It opens up everything, and foam is good. Okay, so we're going to tell you a little bit about what we're looking at. We have, this comes in a bottle with a tan and blue label, the famous beaver with uh, holding a milk bottle and a milkman's hat and a glass in one hand. Um, The beer says, the bottle says, this was the first beer we made and we are excited to bring it to you in a nitro version to go. The beautiful cascade effect sets the tone for this creamy, silky, smooth beer, but don't let the color fool you. It is an easy drinking style with notes of chocolate and roasted coffee. This milk stout has been the foundation for a lot of our beers. It is the mother of our peanut butter milk stout, and we have Troy to thank for that. Good times to you, my friend, and welcome to the Beaver family. Cheers, Tom. Brewed and bottled by Belching Beaver Brewery, Oceanside, California. It's a 12-ounce bottle and a 5.3% alcohol by volume. So who wants to go first? personal opinion but i'm not that nuts about this did you say this has chocolate in it they actually put cacao in it yeah and uh okay it says hints yeah it does hint at it and i like i kind of like the coffee 
the coffee, uh, the, coffee the, hit you on the second try? Yeah, that, that's actually pretty good. This is this is the something that there's not something that just doesn't taste right. I'm sorry, didn't mean to. There's something in it that I that I find off-putting. Stouts for me can go. There's almost like a uh, like a uh, not petroleum. That's a bad word for it. But like a, <laughs> wa- a waxy taste that happen in, that happens in stouts, and I don't know what it is on what part of the malt that that puts that on my mouth. My mouth. I have no idea what it is. But I you know I didn't grow up eating crowns by any chance but i it ha, it has this like waxy quality to it. i don't know what it is that that comes out it's the tongue coating and that's what put as off put people about stouts for mm-hmm. years is that the very few that were offered many of them had that you got that boy i know i just drank something but i'm not sure i really like it mm-hmm. and you've got that it tastes like a blue crown no how many blue crayons did you eat as a child? Yeah, I, I loved eating crayons as a kid. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I, I think I've just grown up in, in a, my mother has a restaurant, growing up in uh, restaurants, and I've always just smelt, tasted everything, and I, I think it's helped out my palate for what I do. Um, but yeah, but I, I can get weird flavors on something that I've just, like, smelt. I didn't necessarily eat crayons, but, yeah. All right, now, I'm... Uh, the, the second poll, I got a little bit of the coffee. And again, I can only go by what they're promising. And they're promising a milk stout, which I'm expecting smooth. They're, they promised some chocolate, which I did not get. And they promised coffee, which I did get on the second and third polls. So all told, you know, then you got to go back to, all right, how much did I really enjoy drinking this beer? And it's, it's a good beer. I'd, I would drink the entire beer. And I have had this beer before. And I've had, you know, drunk it with no problem. But... Is there certainly better out there? Yes. So I would give this, I would, I would give it a step up from the previous one. I would say this is in the fair category. Your thoughts? Well, I, you know, I'm going to have to disagree with you on this one. I, I, I find this one less appealing than the other two that we just tried. I, I think it has more of like a red crayon than blue. <laughs> um, I, I wouldn't buy this. I wouldn't spend my money on this. Um, it's not a bad beer. Um, I, I wouldn't give it's it a. I wouldn't fair, give it a, fair. I'm guessing. I wouldn't you, give you it seem a to be poor, fair. but but yeah, it, to me it's fair. It, it's fair, but there, there's something that just tastes. Uh, maybe they're just trying too much. They're putting too many things in this to uh, to try to appease me or what. I, I it just it doesn't taste that great. So no to the red crayon and no to the blue crayon. You're no, this, it, I, I still think it's good. I um, there it yeah. The stouts just do that for me. I don't know what it is, but um. Yeah, I still think it's. I still think it's good. It's a great beer. Um, I don't rate pour in any beers because I know the work it takes to to put it into the package. So this is this is a, this is a good beer. Good beer. All good. Right. Fair or good? It's good. Good. All right. Good. Good beer, but it's it's got a little wax. It got a little aftertaste. Got a little. It's got a little mouth problem. What that is? Okay. All right. Let's see here. Onward and upward in this. And this is my this is my favorite. So let's rinse. It might come from extracts. Like I, I don't know if mm-hmm. you know if it's 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 probably the roasting that you were talking about too. Because you well, know you can you like... can burn it incorrectly. <laughs> this so. is Left Hand Brewing Milk Stout Nitro from Longmont, Colorado, and I probably should have inverted and then reinverted and etc. But I haven't figured out a way to pour this beer 
Does that have a Barely widget? yet. It has a thing in, yeah, it does. Okay. It has a thing in the bottom. Because yeah, you could hear it, like, open up when you... It gurgles. Yeah. I, I don't know if you're supposed to swirl beer like this, you know, in, in the glass like you do with wine. Go for it. I just do it out of habit. So you want to so open it what up. Kind of, what kind of glasses do you call these? Like, this is your, this is your classic, like, pint glass. Yeah, that's a pub. Right? And this is uh, called a tulip. Okay, tulip. So I'm swirling the tulip. It's available. Uh, you probably don't need to, but I don't know if it makes it more aromatic or what, but... Okay, so let's try this now. That's great. I don't have, I don't have any of that um, that that waxy taste to me. It's just that is very very smooth. That is that's great. Yeah, this is this is really nice. I, I I'm I'm enjoying this very much. Now I first discovered this beer in Boston, and was immediately taken with it. So I contacted the brewery. And I said, where can I find your beer? Because I went online and it's not available in Northern California. And I said, how do you not do that? And so I asked the local Raley's in uh, Yuba City, California to order it. And now it is available at Raley's in Yuba City, California. And for that, I am grateful. But yeah, this is, it is not available. It wasn't up until like three months ago. It was not available north of like I'm going to try some more. Fresno. All right. <laughs> Just a second. This is actually really good. So uh, Left Hand Brewing, it's uh, all black can with the red left hand right in the middle. Uh, employee owned, I'm trying to find any, let's see your ingredients. Rocky Mountain Water, that's always good. Malted barley, lactose, uh, flaked oats, hops, and yeast. 13.85 fluid ounces, 6% alcohol by volume, and 25 IBUs. So you had a first and a second and maybe even a third. Very good. That's a stellar beer. We're, we're, we have a, we have excellent, very good, good, fair, poor. Yeah, uh, to me it's between very good and excellent. I, I really like this beer. I, I don't know if my local grocery store will listen to me, but I'll probably <laughs> solicit them and, and ask them to stock this because this I would buy. And I, I, I don't have to taste it again. Um, I know it's, yeah. this to me, this is excellent. This is, this is maybe the best best stout overall in any class I've had and there's a like the Yola Brewing Company they have a Russian Imperial that's to die for it's killer but this this and that are like neck and neck I just um, bought their old Mashton Yola Brewing upgraded my nano system and I'm using now their old Mashton well and if you check out episode number two um, we talk about their transition from their previous uh, brewing system into their new brewing system so, oh. which is funny because now we find we find the next generation from yellow. So awesome. So uh, we have a connection to from number two to now number ten, and we're gonna now we're gonna try yours, and yeah. which is why we're here. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna head off the milk stout train here, and we're gonna head on to what train? Dark horse, dark horse train. This is a coffee stout. I use uh, local roasted coffee um, from Pony Espresso. Uh, they do a, a blend for specific for our restaurant, and I use that coffee in the beer. You said you would like to make this one that you made be, before we try it. You would like to make it a milk stout. Mm -hmm. What's the process? Don't just like get a you know a carton of milk and no, dump it in. Yeah, yeah what, I, I tried that. It makes it curdle. <laughs> Lactose uh, is a is a sugar, um, and it's a non fermenting sugar. 
So when it's added to the beer, you do get more sweet, some sweetness. And uh, so that's why they... And so they, it's non-fermenting, so it's not going to um, adjust your alcohol no. content or volume that you're shooting for. Right. Yeah, okay. Just some sweetness, some mouthfeel. It's great. It's weird. It's fun to use. Okay. Okay. All right, let's try. So tell me about what your... Uh, were you going for something in particular when you started? Did you just start with kind of an idea and figure um, out where you, where you were going to head? What was, what was your idea when you started? I This was one of the first beers uh, I actually like really got down on, on, our, on our system. And it was a couple of trials of adding the coffee in, in separate, separate times. Uh, like we used to add right into the boil. I've actually found on this beer, um, I add just coffee grounds right to my mash. Uh, it actually lowers the pH a little bit on the, on the mash pH, which is nice because our, uh, our water is a little higher. It helps the pH. And then I'm basically brewing the coffee in the mash before it goes into the kettle. Um, so while I'm recirculating, Borloff uh, is happening. The wort's getting cleaner, the coffee is brewing in the mash, and then it goes right into the kettle. Uh, so Robert, you've had, it, you've had a, a, a sample and we're comparing this to milk stouts, which are typically thick or, and creamy okay. and, and maybe not heavier, but they're definitely creamier, but they don't have all those extra, um, you know, really uh, impactful tastes to them. So this is a very different animal, and that's kind of why when you're sampling, you kind of want to start with like the smooth and creamy one first, and then maybe end with the one that's going to knock your socks off with the taste. So, mm -hmm. so what are you getting out of this? The taste is fantastic. Uh, the 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 coffee and it, you, you know, you get it's not overpowering, but it, you know, it's it's really good, um, and it's fresh out of the keg, so it's a little cooler than the other ones that we've tried. Um, but, but it's thinner. I, I, I it's really, thinner. It's thinner than it, the. It's thinner slightly, than the Slightly, slightly, not much, but but it's um, it's delicious. The, the color is beautiful. So I, I'm really enjoying this. What do you think of your own beer? <laughs> <laughs> I I think we do a good job on this beer. I, I uh, like most all of our most of our flagship beers that we do. This is this is offered year round. Um, I really try to do straight up what it is you know so it's not i you know this wasn't I, I wanted to do a coffee stout to use another local grape product in this beer um but yeah the recipe is just a straight straight up stout it's uh not a lot going on it's just that was uh, I, I got to attend the uc davis week-long crash course on uh, practical brewing and um one some of the best advice i got while in that class was from uh, Charlie Banforth, the, the Pope of Foam, the, uh, the guy is amazing. And he said, you know, everybody's doing all these crazy beers and, and he's not really into all that stuff. He, he, uh, he's very traditional in a way. And he, and he says, whatever you do, just do, you can do the weird stuff, but make sure if you're going to do something that is what it is, do it well and just, and work on making. And I'm constantly, I, I'm uh, the worst probably uh, taste tester myself because I just will keep I will I, I still don't know if this beer is exactly where I want it but it's uh I'm, I'm happy with it right now so you'd say it's a work in progress oh but yeah it's constantly tweaking stuff it's uh I I'm I'm my own worst enemy on that one and, and I you know I I enjoy coffee beers and coffee stouts even though I don't particularly enjoy coffee 
So this one has definitely got a coffee element to it. And, and But that's, you know, again, like, what are you promising and what are you delivering? And first off, I mean, the first thing you get is coffee. And if you got a stout to get a coffee stout, this delivers. What I like about it is that it's got some, there's some smoothness in the middle, and then it's got a, a pretty crisp finish, in it, but it's not like, it doesn't last forever. And you don't have that coating on your tongue. You don't have a green crayon, which would be the one I would <laughs> have. So, I mean, from start to finish, I think it's a very, I think it's a very good beer. Yeah. Um, and I, I appreciated that. And, that. and that's one thing also that, you know, stouts get a bad name with the finish. Because brewers, they just let the, it just keeps going on forever and it never ends. And then it's just, it's on your tongue and you can't get rid of it. And you're like, God, I don't, I don't know what to do with this. But this is definitely not that. So nicely done, sir. Thank you. Yes, um, I use a, I agree. I use a English, a dry English ale yeast. And uh, so all of our beers are finished very, very dry. They're just pretty much bone dry at the end. And that's because they ferment out at uh, final gravity is 1.010. I mean, it's, it's done. So there's not a lot of leftover sugar. Beautiful. All right. I think it's an excellent beer. I, I'll be back. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to have a nice big steak get to, get to go growler. with this beer. Take a crawler. I, uh, I'll take two. <laughs> beer is available in... At the restaurant only right now. We're, uh, we're, we are in the process of upgrading our, our system. Um, we're, we're still... We're, we're almost into a location. We we are working with the county and um, and uh, the utility district, all that stuff to get things rolling there. But I'm hoping to be in the new facility this uh, coming season, this coming summer, and um, we'll be upgrading the system to a ten barrel system. We'll be able to do a little bit of distribution on that, um, and then yeah, keep on growing from there. And then the the system that you got is from our old friends from episode two at the Their old brewing company. Is. Their mash tun is yeah. And we just uh, upgraded our nano to a three barrel. So I'm not, we're not killing ourselves. We were bar- brewing on a, a barrel and a half uh, Blickman. And the thing, we had to double batch that into three barrel fermenters. Um, it was an all day just to get, you know, a hundred gallons of beer over into the fermenter. It was insane. So um, it, we're sleeping a little easier now, working a little less and making more beer. Okay. That does it from 1850 in Mariposa. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you next time.